Hello, Hi. we are back. We are drinking sort a rosé cider. Mm-hmm. This was sent to us by uh, Sam Adams. Thank you, Sam Adams. But you know, you don't have to send us everything. Um, <laughs> uh, made with rare French red flesh apples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Smells kind of like a cider, kind of like a wine. <laughs> really sweet. Yep. Um, very sweet. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're into those white Zinfandels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not... It's, it's better than, than eggnog beer. <laughs> yeah. Eggnog IPA? Yeah. Yes. It's significantly better than Eggnog IPA and Watermelon Dorado. Yes. Good job, Angry Orchard. <laughs> so I want to get this um, this this thing made into a poster. I don't know if you can use that because it's a regular USB 2.0. Okay. What do you want me to do with it? Just take a look at the, at the image. Ooh. I can send you the image. The, okay. Uh, um, yeah, do that. I think you've, I think I've shown this to you before, but I, I I was like, well, let me just take it to to FedEx Kinkos, right, and okay. have them make make into a poster. Oh, okay. Uh, and they said they couldn't because it's copyrighted. And so I went to find out where the copyright was from, and it is it is actually Creative Commons, but Creative Commons non commercial, and so they can't print it. But you're not. Uh, oh, I guess they are. Okay. They can't profit off of it. Yes. So now I'm like, well, okay. Uh, how do I? How do I get this printed? Because I want to. Uh, this is an awesome poster. Mm -hmm. I, I want it. Maybe you. Maybe someone at Microsoft has a printer. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I just put the just send it to you in Slack. And for some reason, it takes. It's not working on the app. That's weird. It's making me log so in. Click to open original. Huh. But it's a chart of electromagnetic radiation. Oh, that the old timey one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They wouldn't print it for you. Yeah, if, you know when I when I showed I I said first said you know well I can't actually print this because it has you know it's it's. It has a copyright on it, and I have to get, you know, have to see somebody, you know, write off on the copyright. So I was like, okay. So I went into my car. I was like, well, hmm, wait a minute. I looked it up, and yeah, it is released in the Creative Commons license, but it is non-commercial. So I don't know whether that's, you know, whether that means that FedEx is not allowed to print it. I think he might have been just being a bit, the, the guy there might have been yeah. a, bit, a bit too careful. Um, yeah, that's interesting, right? I mean, you're not selling them. Mm -hmm. you're, yeah. ha you're having it made. That's what I said. I said, I'm just praying to use your equipment. I'm not... But he's, but he's saying that they are making a profit off of it. And I suppose they are, but no, that's but like... they're not printing and selling them. Yeah. It's like I'm... I'm um... It's like if I were to record a podcast on a, on a CD, or let's say if, if I were to go to... Uh, let's say I were to go to FedEx, go to one of their computers, download something onto my USB drive... That means that they, I'm pro they are profiting because I'm downloading something. 
Because they're charging you. Because the they're charging time. for the use of computer time. Right. That that feels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if I want to print something out. Jerks. Yeah. So maybe you you know somebody who can print this. I I don't know. It has a good poster printer or anything like that. Sorry. Um. I'm trying to think. There's got to be a place you can order it though, right? No, I mean the the only place I found are like 150, 200 oh. bucks. This would be like forty bucks to print. Mm-hmm. So I don't see why I want to why I want to pay that kind of money for it. Yeah, it's an awesome poster. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I can't think of any place. Oh, the Kinko's prices are crazy for poster size prints, anyway. So where I should guess, I go? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Marshalls? <laughs> uh, I'll think about it while we chit-chat. Okay. And whatnot. Holy cow, I drank my rosé already. I must really like it. I guess so. You you down that sucker. So, any thoughts? <laughs> um... Ready, Ready Player One is coming up. That yeah, I don't know if you've read any excerpts. No, of the I've book. just seen the previews of. You know this movie. guy, the guy behind the, the podcast you were, you listened to earlier. He, he made a theme song for it. Okay. Remember King Kong? Remember Ferris Bueller? Remember War Games? And Back to the Future? Remember Tomb Raider? Remember Weird Science? Remember Battletoads and the Iron Giant? Remember Star Wars and Transformers the movie? Remember Ghostbusters? Remember the Goonies? Remember when Neon used to be trendy? Remember the Where's the Beef Lady from Wendy's? Remember Akira? That's from Japan. Remember Galaga and Mrs. Pac-Man? Remember Contra? Remember Street Fighter? Remember the A-Team? Remember Knight Rider? Remember The Simpsons, seasons one through nine? Remember logging onto America online? Remember Highlander and Highlander 2? Remember Star Trek? We certainly do. (laughs) That's basically the book. (laughs) Okay. It's awful. Uh, I've only sort of read excerpts and then listened to um, the guys, uh, one of the guys who's on MST3 and Rift Tracks, Mike J. Nelson, and one of those other guys at Rift Tracks, do a podcast, a book podcast book club, and they're they're savage about it and it's uh, and and Ernest Klein's other novel. And this is just a, a VR world with well, it's all a, these things from your childhood. Type yes, stuff? basically. But it, it's written in a heart, in a terrible prose, and with this, every other line is like some reference to something else, <laughs> piled upon something else, piled upon something else. Let me see if I can find some excerpts. Okay, and I can I'll read them. So you can be the first in line to see the movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, I will be very pleased to um, to get the worst quality video I can download <laughs> of the movie, just so I can shit on it. <laughs> But they're marketing the crap out of it. <clears throat> I found on Netflix the other day the um, Bob. What's it? Uh, 
Ah, Bob Odenkirk and Tobias Fuki. What's his name? What's his uh, Bob and Dave. Bob and Dave. Dave. Yeah. Oh, Heather hated it. She's sitting there. She's like, "What the fuck are you watching?" Yeah. Well, it's it's not really her. Uh... <laughs> it was barely my thing. I enjoyed it, but she's like, "This is so stupid." And then I saw the first two episodes of Big Mouth. That was pretty good. So the first episode, Nick was really um, big on that, and I was like, uh, it, was, it, was, "It was fine. It, it was it had funny moments, but I don't know. I wasn't into it at the time. I don't know. It's pretty relatable. <laughs> yes, yes, it definitely is." Okay, here, here's here's the one. Here's one that was like, <laughs> okay, I made a big entrance when I arrived in my flying DeLorean, which I had obtained by completing a Back to the Future quest on the planet Zemeckis. The DeLorean came outfitted with a in parentheses non-functioning flux capacitor, but I'd made several additions to its equipment and appearance. First, I'd installed an artificially intelligent onboard computer named Kit purchased in an online auction, into the dashboard, oh along with a matching red Knight Rider scanner just above the DeLorean's grill. Then I'd outfitted the car with an oscillation overthruster, a device that allowed it to travel through solid matter. Finally, to complete my 80s super vehicle theme, I slapped a Ghostbusters logo on each of DeLorean's gullwing doors, then added personalized plates that read Ecto-88. I'd had it only... A few weeks now, but my time-traveling, ghost-busting, night-riding, matter-penetrating DeLorean had already become my avatar's trademark. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how, much, how, many, how many drafts do you go through to cram that much nostalgia into one paragraph? That's dense. I give it to him. He really crammed it in there. Uh, Acer Rack rocked his head from left to right, cracking his neck. It sounded like a snapping tree branch. Then he slipped the two-player button and he slapped the two-player button and the joust began. Joust was a classic 80s arcade game with a strange premise. Each player controls a knight armed with a lance. Player one is mounted on an ostrich, while player two is mounted on a stork. You flap your wings to fly around the screen and joust with the other player, and also against several computer-controlled enemy knights who are all mounted on buzzards. When you crash into an opponent, whoever's lance is higher on the screen wins the joust. The loser is killed and loses a life. Whenever you kill one of the enemy knights, his buzzard craps out a green egg that quickly hatches into another enemy knight if you don't scoop it up in time. There's also a winged pterodactyl that appears once in a while to wreak havoc. I hadn't played Joust in over a year. It was one of H's favorite games, and for a while he'd had a Joust cabin in his chat room. Yeah, I mean, okay, explain to me a dumb, you know. There's so many better ways you can explain Joust does not the technical, like, one player is on this thing, one player is on this thing, and they fly around, and you have to, I mean, it's a, a battle royale between two people. In a, yeah, tell a story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you said there's the, is the, I mean, is the book just coming out too, or what's, there's the book now for a while? The or? book's been out for a while. Oh, okay. It was a, I mean, it, this... <sighs> It's true. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> this? This excerpt that I'm looking at right now, I've been trying to... Trying to make sure it. it's not fake? Yeah. Because it's just too good to be true? <clears throat> it's really not up for debate, Homer, I said. Lady Hawk is an 80s classic. It's fucking lame is what it is. The swords look like they were made out of tinfoil. And that soundtrack is epically lame. Full of synthesizers and shit. By the motherfucking Alan Parsons Project. Lame-O-Rama. Beyond lame. Highlander 2 lame. Hey, I feigned, hurling my Intellivision controller at him. Now you're just being insulting. Lady Hawk's cast alone makes the film canon. Roy Batty, Ferris Bueller, and the dude who played Professor Falcon in War Games. I searched my memory for the actor's name. John Wood. Reunited with Matthew Roderick. A real low point in both their careers, he said, laughing. He loved arguing about old movies even more than I did. The other gunters in the chat room are now starting to form a small crowd around us and listen in. Our arguments were often high in entertainment value. You must be stoned, I shouted. Lady Hawk was directed by Richard fucking Donner, The Goonies, Superman the Movie. You're saying that guy sucks? I don't care if Spielberg directed it. It's a chick flick disguised as a sword and sorcery picture. The only genre movie with less balls is probably... Freaking Legend. Anyone who actually enjoys Lady Hawk is a bona fide USDA choice pussy. Laughter from the peanut gallery. I was actually getting a little pissed off now. I was a big fan of Legend 2 and H knew it. Oh, so I'm a pussy? You're the one with the Ewok fetish. I snatched the Starlog out of his hands and threw it against a Revenge of the Jedi poster on the wall. I suppose you think your extensive knowledge of Ewok culture is going to help you find the egg? <laughs> oh, he really smacked him down. Yeah. Whew. So, like, remember this? That's... Remember that? that? That. So, now listen to the song again. Oh, no, I remember the okay. song. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow mm -hmm. that's awful yeah that's it's terrible the movie has to be better right <laughs> it doesn't have to be <laughs> They're putting I this mean, much money into marketing it it's got to be a little bit better. spielberg's directed it and we know spielberg spielberg has talent but mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to do it it's 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 a I mean, if you just throw in a bunch of stuff and it's like, remember this, remember that, remember that, like you're supposed to be, you know, jizzing about how much stuff there is in the '80s that you've seen. That's not interesting in in any way to me. <laughs> so, but it's nostalgia. Nostalgia sells tickets, man. Yes, it is nostalgia. Um, we talked about before that Edge Magazine does this questions of the year. They ask a bunch of you know philosophers and scientists and stuff like that. This this year they asked a weird one. Okay. Uh, what is the last question? I thought we could go over what some of these people said. Okay. Yeah. So here's... You know, well, before we leave the topic of eighties nostalgia or whatnot, mm. and we might have mentioned this before, but you know I think that what would be cool is. Not another Back to the Future movie, but a remake. Like, just kind of... You had to convince me why you think that would be cool. Why is that necessary? I don't know if it's necessary. <laughs> why do we... What is... What questions about Back to the Future haven't been answered by, by the movie? 
Why can't we just leave that and be okay? Yeah, that was that yeah. was fine. Like just like Star Wars, right? Yeah. What question? I mean, I suppose you could say, well, you know, Star Wars he put in, you know, chapter four, chapter five, chapter six. So it was intended to, you know, the, the sure. question was, what, no, what, you right. know, what else was there? I'm more, but, I mean, okay. Star Wars would have been fine if they would have just kept it as okay, it was. Okay, okay, you win. I just thought, you know, it would be better than many of the efforts to. Not take the story plot for plot, but take the general thing and then have it set in 2018, go back to 88, you know, something like that, you know, just kind of take the tropes and update them. But it'd be nice if you had a good screenwriter to actually surprise you in that thing. The only too, way that I could right? see and that not would... do the exact same thing. Well, yeah, but... the only way I could see that would work is is, is some like really t- like guys like, um, um, from the like twenty one Jump Street movie, what uh, Lord and, and Miller, or, mm-hmm. you know, they can write that stuff because they they know they know how to. They did a Lego movie, right? They know how to do yeah. that yeah. without making yeah. it um, crass and without making it feel like you just. Yeah, I mean it. that. I mean that's it. I mean something out of the Lego movie. It's a great call, right? Because there's nostalgia in there, but it wasn't corny mm-hmm. it wasn't ready player one it wasn't right. you know or, or the, and the nostalgia in 21 jump street was about how stupid it is that they're that they are taking this um mm-hmm. and, and making a movie out of it and then when they made the sequel this the sequel was about how dumb it is to make a sequel of this so i mean it was very meta and so that's you know i appreciated that that element of it but right. um like a movie wasn't necessarily meta it was just it, it actually the story was was a, a a story about childhood, yeah. Um, you know, in in this in this world where it could have been just a commercial, you know, fart like that emoji movie that uh, that your daughter is watching. Yeah. Yep, I've seen a few scenes here and there. <laughs> All right. So, um, all right. What is the last question? Yeah. So some of these, I was like, this is that, that that's the last question. Okay, so this guy said, "Can we program a computer to find a ten thousand bit string that encodes more actionable wisdom than any human has ever expressed?" I don't know. Next question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously the, the these questions how, are. How are, is that a terminal question, though? Like, yeah, that's 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 exactly my point. I mean, these questions are going to be questions that don't have answers, right? That that's essentially the reason why they're being asked, but. Uh, I, I see. I interpreted the question as, "What is the terminal question?" Right. right? Yeah, that's, and, that's and exactly I'm, I'm how. Not, I... And I'm not going to. Ex- I'm not going to really expand upon that more because you have to. That that's part of the question. Right. Yes. Is how do you define the terminality of mm-hmm. the question? And like in that first one, the one you just said there, it's like it, it feels like no terminality. No, at all. it feels like it's stuck in this computer thing where that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's not really about. A generalization, which I think the last question should be. Right. right? Well, why do you specify the exact number of bits in the string? Yeah, right. Uh, so here's... Because and, my next question is, can you do the same thing in, in 9,999 <laughs> bits? That was Scott Aronson from... Uh, he, he's a compressor, professor of computer science at uh, UT of A. Um, he's a physics professor. Are complex biological neural systems fundamentally unpredictable? That's a very interesting question. Um, is it the last question? I, see, to me, the last question would be along those lines. If you're thinking something along those lines, are 
are the systems in our universe fundamentally unpredictable? That is a very important question. Yeah. No, but we believe they are, but is that actually the case? But actually, well, I mean, sort of, we believe they are. The, right. the laws of quantum mechanics are deterministic, completely deterministic. It's just... You know, I know what the last yeah, question yeah. is. I'll tell you when we're done. Okay. Uh, are the simplest bits of information in the brain stored at the level of a neuron? It feels like it's just asking brain questions. Suppose if, if your thing is just humanity or just or, or just your but, field. Yeah. I, I suppose, right? Um, how can we put rational prices on human lives without becoming inhuman? That strikes me as an interesting last question thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because that, that's, yeah. yeah, it's about a, it's about a question that is fundamentally unsolvable, but, but if it were solved, would change everything. Mm-hmm. Well, it says without becoming inhuman, right? right. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's such a, I don't know if answering the question, but having that answer become broadly accepted mm-hmm. is where the thing it's, you know, yeah. um, or, uh, that's the word I'm looking for. Like uh, the end of the epic. Like what's that called? The, the end of a chapter, you know, opening yeah. a new chapter type thing. Uh, how will we build the tools to maintain the software in a long-lived online devices that can kill us? <laughs> okay. Uh, interesting question. Um, are people who cheat vital to driving progress in human societies? I think that Things it's, it's, that, I like the question. I think that things that cheat are, are vital to pretty much everything that we know of. Every complex system that we know of has cheaters involved. So I suspect the answer to this question is yes. <laughs> I suppose maybe not people, right? Yeah. Are there cheaters in an ant colony? I wonder. Oh, of course, yeah. but not necessarily ants. Yeah. I mean, there can be ants, yeah. but yeah, there there are. I've, I've read articles about stuff where you know only fifty percent of of fifty percent of ants in an ant colony don't do anything. Just hang out. Just hang out. So <laughs> that would seem to be yeah. Um, that's it, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> you just you, the stories you hear about ants. You know, yeah. you think they're all you know as busy as a bee, but you know, I guess you can kind of like. Be stuck in like the swarm and never make it to the edge. The study finds most ants in the colony are slackers. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so let's see. How do we best build a civilization that is galvanized by long-term thinking? Uh, okay. I don't know if that's really. It's a that's that's poorly worded. I think it's not. It doesn't excite the imagination. <laughs> How to best build? How how about how to build? Yeah, right. A civilization where the uh, long term su- success is more important than short term gain. I mean, that's what he's asking, right? How do well, you? Build... He's asking how do you best build? It? How do you best build it? Right. Show me how to build it first. <laughs> how would changes in the marginal tax rate affect our efforts and motivation? Again, it's very. That seems like real. What? Did these people like answer like a different question? Will it ever be possible for us to transcend our limited experience of time as linear? Now that's a chapter changing question. Well, that's that's a good one. Yeah. Because well, how how do you end how do you come up with the last question? Well you you change the definition of last. That there, there you go. That's one. Yeah, I agree. So I like that one. 
Does consciousness reside only in our brains? I feel like that is a last question, but I feel like that's already been solved. <laughs> I mean, to, to, okay. to the extent that I, that I understand it, the answer is yes. Um, but, I, well, our consciousness resides <laughs> well, no, in no. our brains. Okay, only, only in our brains. I think it could be argued that <clears throat> your consciousness might be a bigger it's still inside your body but you know your oh okay. like you know your gut can change your mood right, you know, things right. like that yeah right? but without your brain or is there is there no no he said brain? only in your brain well, so okay. i'm interpreting that is only in this organ mm-hmm. or do other organs come into play and can your, your oh, okay. consciousness and other well, then organs... the answer to that would be a, from my perspective no uh but also the, the question is is our other things consciousness besides our brains, right? I mean, right. Our, our dogs conscious, our elephants conscious, our, is a star conscious, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, is the earth conscious in some sense? How can science best leverage unreason to overcome the heroic passion for war? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh what is the optimal algorithm for discovering truth? That's a last question sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, will the appearance... Right, because if you discover, if you have an algorithm for truth, then there's shouldn't be... I guess there's still questions like, well, what's the what's the truth to this? Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, this so... is the optimal algorithm. It doesn't yeah, say the, yeah. you know... The the but you still have the you still have to have the questions to plug into the algorithm to get the answers for Right, and, and But at least you'll know they'll always be true. The always the, the if it if the if an answer comes right yeah. if it, if it halts then it will always be true. Uh, will the appearance of new species of talented computational intelligence result in improving the moral behavior of persons in societies? Uh, uh, no, I would say the answer to that is is pretty clearly no. We definitely have a new species of talented computational intelligence. They're not general intelligences, but they are mm-hmm. intelligence. And has it behaved to improve the moral behavior of people? No. Not by any stretch of the imagination. Well, pretty much the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> or just empower them to do their same immoral things. Yeah, maybe maybe better ones will, will work better, but so far. You know. Can we redesign our education system based on the principle of neurodiversity? I don't even know what that means. Uh, <laughs> how does a single human brain architecture create many kinds of human minds? Okay. What would a diagram that gave a complete understanding of imagination need to be? The only one that's been uh, terminal so far is that one that changes the definition of last. <laughs> now, there are others that were good. Yeah, good ones. But what, good, there's good questions. Yeah. But... What libraries will we have to build when cloning becomes infinitely expandable? I think there's questions after that one. Oh, yeah. Will the discover will the process of discovery be completed in any of the natural sciences? It, it's um, it's kind of a last question type thing, but it only applies to one to, to, you know any of the natural sciences. So. Right, right. It's just one very narrow thing. Yeah. Right. Is there anything else to learn in biology? What is the hard limit on human longevity? Well, that's a that's a last question because it's a hard limit, right? It's, it's, it's establishing that there is yeah. a limit, but is, is it the last question? Will we ever live together in a hive? <laughs> I suppose you could stick people together in a big beehive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, what kinds of minds could solve the mind-body problem? Uh, will AI make the Luddites mostly right? Why are we so often kind to strangers when nobody is watching and have we have nothing to gain? I don't think we are. I mean, sometimes in, in isolation, but if we have people... If if we have a situation where our, our acts will be seen, then the internet kind of shows that it's the opposite. Yeah. How much biodiversity do we need? It's an interesting question, but it's not the last one. Is there a way for humans to directly experience what it's like to be another entity? It's a wet fart. Will a machine ever be able to feel what an organism feels? I would argue that machines are organisms. Well, machine, uh, or, or organisms machine, are machines. Will a machine ever be able to feel an orgasm? That's what he meant to write. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is this. Okay, Nick Bostrom. What question should we not ask and not try to answer? There you go. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a that's a thoughtful. It's a thoughtful answer to the question. What is the last question? I think. What What questions don't we ask? But I know the real last question. Which is? What's this do? (laughs) Uh, Can wild animals that are large and dangerous be made adverse to threatening humans? That seems very small scale. Can consciousness exist in an entity without a self-contained physical body? Don't believe that makes any sense. Uh, Like, because you need some (laughs) containment. Uh, will scientific advances uh, about the causes of sexual conflict help to build the... Okay, let me just go through and find ones that I like. Let's see. Like, because how do I describe the achievements, meaning, and power of Beethoven's piano sonata, Apposoniata? The fuck? Yeah, right? It's like everyone's just trying to pitch their current project. This one I don't understand. When will we accept that the most accurate clocks will have to advance regularly, sometimes irregularly, most of the time, and at times run counterclockwise? Again, someone's working on the atomic clock and just pitching their next grant writing. (laughs) (laughs) They're workshopping their next grant. Here's what Chalmers says. How can we design a machine that can correctly answer every question, including this one? Well, uh, Turing kind of showed that it was seemingly impossible, at least with the Turing machine. So you got to come up with something, some other device. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a fundamental difference between the biological world and the physical world? I don't understand. I mean, the biological world and the physical world are the same thing, so no. I think he's saying, is is there a difference between when physics, when physics and chemistry becomes biology? Is there a fundamental difference? Right. And I would say, from my perspective, the answer is is, is no. Uh, mm. <laughs> Will we pass our audition as planetary managers? <laughs> Will we soon cease to care whether we are experiencing normal, augmented, or virtual reality? That's an interesting question. Right? I think that mm-hmm. it, it's a it's one of those Star Trek questions. If you, once you have a holodeck that's indistinguishable from the real world, where do you go? Right.
this one is really weird. How far are we from wishing to return to the technologies of the year 1900? Well, at least at least 100 and... 18 years? <laughs> I think he's talking about the same kind of thing. Like, yeah, you know, little, yeah. when, when technology runs amok, people... But again, why did you pick the year 1900? Yeah. Why not pick the year... Uh, I don't know, 19, or how about, how about 2004? Seems like a pretty good year. Why be good? Yeah, I mean... We've talked about that yes. before. I mean, it's a special thing for us. <laughs> yeah, but... it's, it's, a, it's an imperative. Because essentially, the reason is because if I'm good and I expect everything else around me to be good, then uh, my expectations are are that things will be good in general and I don't have an existential burden on my mind if I believe that I'm in a good system. I mean... Successful strategy for uh, survival. Is our brain fundamentally limited in its ability to understand the external world? That's a a, good one. Mm -hmm. I think... You know, to kind of talk about that one. I mean, if you look at how much humans have been able to learn and understand in such a short period of time in our history, and technology is, well, I guess you could look at that two ways. I was going to say, you know, we're learning more faster now. Mm-hmm. Information is being distributed more, more people are knowing more. The, the total quantity sum of knowledge is greater now than it has ever been. So it just doesn't seem to be a limit on how fast we can pick up technology and information. When we start getting into that, I know you didn't really like that um, article about the artificial super intelligence and the super mm-hmm. growth thing, but you know, if you just hear that out for a second, you know, when it starts going on that, you know, it hits the ankle on that hockey stick curve, right, mm-hmm. and just starts shooting up, you know, would it be? Well, there's about... so many assumptions that's on top of it. That's yeah, why I didn't yeah. like it. Because... But you know, it's just like. If you assume all these things are correct about what that curve means and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just talking yeah. about like the pace of human uptake, right? And how it's been able to expand much faster than evolution allows our brains mm-hmm. to change. You know, it just shows how much capacity is in there and how much more capacity is there before we can't keep up with the pace. And if that's the case, then we're just, we are like our ancestors. We're, we're a piece on the step to the next big thing. And, and so we shouldn't fear it in, in, in some sense. It's, uh, it's, I don't want to say, I mean, if, if that is existed, then, then some sense of it's our destiny it would, would have, uh, it's our destiny to create super intelligence. It, I mean, I mean, just assume that, yeah, right. You know, right. It, it, I think the you know if you make the assumption that it is that then then it makes sense to believe in destiny. If you make yeah. the assumption that our destiny is that, then yeah. it makes sense to believe. In it, it's interesting, right? It, the biggest difference is you know everyone's fine with sacrificing to give the children a better chance or whatnot, but like when it becomes a non biological progeny, then you know yeah you know there seems to be this like different. Worry. So here's one. Are accurate mathematical theories of individual human behavior possible? Okay. That would be a, you know, that would be an interesting, we'd, right. cross, we'd cross a threshold if, if, an, if the answer to that was, was yes. Yes. I mean, if everything was uh, predictable, 
Mm-hmm. Like the movie Pie. Remember the movie Pie? Mm-hmm. They found the secret in Pie and were able yeah. to predict the stock market. I do remember that, yeah. Ter- I mean, not a very good movie, ultimately. Terrible acting. Yes, but when you're like... What was I? 16, 17. You're like, whoa, this indie film is so deep, man. Here you go. From from that sort of deepness, here's, does this question exist in a parallel universe? <laughs> Why are there no trees in the ocean? <laughs> well, I mean, just because... I think that can be answered, right? The, well, the, yeah, the answer to that is because the... the the conditions weren't right for that for trees to develop in the ocean. In the ocean or on the ocean? What in do you think ocean. he meant? Well, I think he meant, um, you know, because trees are a unique kind of structure. Yeah, I mean, you got you have large plants, you got kelp beds, right? But right. I guess you wouldn't really call those trees because they're not woody, self-supporting. Woody self, you know, trees. Right, that, but that... when you're in a buoyant medium, why why build a why build a skeletal structure when you can just be neutrally buoyant. Well, you'd have to you'd have to ask the the chordates that the fish, right? I mean, they built a skeletal structure. Sure. Well, that was for locomotion, though. I'm talking about like you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about large sea plants. Like kelp doesn't need a skeletal structure. Sure, but coral makes a skeletal structure of a sort. It's hard and it's dense and doesn't move. Yeah, not really a tree though. It doesn't work on photosynthesis. No, but I'm just yeah. saying that you know. Yeah. The, if if you're asking it, are two sure. skeletals of, or structures yeah. that are hard and rigid yeah. exist, then yes. Yeah, no. I was thinking like the motivations of for non motive species. Yeah. The motivations for plants underwater and on land are different, right? They have different Yeah. Or or but like I mean mussels and clams you know, mussels don't move, right, once they once they've attached to something. Yeah. And they form a, sh- a hard shell, so that... well, that's protective. I think coral's probably the same way, right? Mm. Probably a protective thing. <laughs> Where are the trees in the ocean? <laughs> there are trees in the ocean. People cut down trees that have fallen into the ocean. Will civilization collapse before I die? <laughs> Everyone hopes it will for them. Yes. Uh, is there a place for our past and our future? poetry um how many incommensurable ideas can we hold in our minds simultaneously (laughs) will the third culture be followed by a fourth culture a fifth culture and ominously a final culture i don't even know what that means (laughs) uh why would there only be three more cultures in this thing? You know, I guess it's unless it's predefined in some way. Why is the phenomenon too familiar to investigate the hardest thing to completely understand? I get what he's saying. He's talking about consciousness, essentially. Okay. The phenomenon too familiar to investigate the hardest thing to completely understand. But I think it, it, it does relate to other things. when you're, And I think the answer is because when you're inside of something, you can't get the outside perspective that you need. Yeah. Um, is intersubjectivity possible in a quantum mechanical universe? Uh, I would say no. Is there a Turing test for living rather than thinking that... Is there a Turing test for living rather than thinking that can distinguish animate 
animate from automata. So that's sort of going to, to my idea, I think, of is is there an answer to what life is that is that is beyond just thinking, right? Is there an answer to what life is that can distinguish from some chemical reaction versus right. uh, an animate object that is living versus some automata, some uh, process that is happening, but because of simple chemistry that is not living. And that kind of goes back to the physical versus biological mm-hmm. too, right? Yeah. Is there a single theory of physics, and what is it? There you go. That's a love. That's a last question. <laughs> Can human intuition ever be reduced to an algorithm? Again, a suitable sort of last question. Uh, how much time will pass between the last minute before intelli- before artificial superintelligence and the first minute after it? This goes to your mm-hmm. artificial superintelligence thing. Wait, there, the there are first lots minute after artificial superintelligence. Yeah. So I think it'll go extinct too, huh? Well, well or, they're, they're, they're it saying, create hyperintelligence. They're saying you said that the hockey stick goes up. Yeah. The, so how much time passed between the first minute before uh-huh. and the first minute after? So it's saying how long does how how far does superintelligence go as soon as it's developed in a minute? Right. I guess. Can we acquire complete access to our unconscious minds? Sure, we just have to remove them and poke them with stuff. <laughs> Since it's a we, and there's a we, and there's other people involved. <laughs> Is there a subtle form of consciousness that operates independent of brain function? I think that we argue in some sense that yes, because you're... But then again... I mean, I don't know. It's residing in the brain, uh, most of it. Um, is there consciousness in our knees? Are our stomachs somewhat conscious, and and we don't, we're not, we're unaware of it? It's an interesting question. Are stories bad for us? They're how we understand things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, read Ready Player One if you don't want a yeah. story. <laughs> what will happen to human love when we can design the perfect robot lover? Oh, yeah. Teledildonics, baby. Why is it so hard to find the truth? Hmm. Is scientific knowledge the most valuable possession of humanity? I don't know. It, it's very useful. It's very important. Is it the most so valuable? Is it, so is the trillion dollars. <laughs> but I mean, like, if if our if our society is just scientific progress and we have no art or anything like that, then what worth is that society, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's. Right. Mm. There, here's one. Why do we get to ask questions at all? There you go. That's sort of one to, I think, end this segment on, because there's yeah. a whole bunch of pages. But yeah, So your, yours, you said, was, what does this thing do? I wonder what this does. <laughs> <laughs> My, mine would be, um, along those lines, uh, do you think we can do this? <laughs> 
or 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 better yet do you think this will work <laughs> i hope this doesn't go poorly <laughs> uh, here's one. how could one last question possibly be enough that's a good last that's a good way to you know shove it back in the guy's face mm-hmm. yeah yeah I like the ones that actually address some kind of terminality mm-hmm. and, and not just in the, oh, you know, I made the bomb that blew up. Like mine was yeah. mine was kindergarten. Mine was simplistic, right? I made the bomb that destroyed space time or something, you know. I mean, there's a there, there's a good set of um, stories, uh, Isaac Asimov's short stories I would recommend if you want to sort of go along that line. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, one is called The Last Question. The other is called The First Answer, I believe. So. Okay. Check those out. I think we should drink some beer. Yeah, I think it's that time. Or we can go watch the Emoji Movie. Sounds yeah, like let's do done. that instead. 